Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening And we're back for another one. This is SGR number 24. We are wrapping up the NFC West, and we are talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Although this team finished last in the division last year, that was mainly because they didn't have a quarterback for majority of the season. Uh, Starting QB Jimmy Garoppolo only started six games, so they had to play 10 with a combination of Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard at QB. Neither are NFL quarterbacks, so it was pretty tough sledding for this team. They uh, finished last in the division, but I don't expect that to repeat itself. Uh, They definitely benefit. We'll talk about the strength of schedule, but whenever you finish last in a division, you get a much easier schedule going into the next year. Uh, So actually kind of an advantage. Um, They also finished with a pretty decent draft position. Uh, I think finishing with the number 12th pick before they ended up, or 13 maybe, before they ended up uh, um, trading up into the top three with Miami uh, to go and draft uh, rookie QB Trey Lance. So we'll talk about all of that in this episode, but obviously a pivotal year for this 49ers team after uh, missing the playoffs last year, uh, going to the Super Bowl the year before. Uh, No playoffs, 10th in the NFC. The offense, like I said, backup QB for 10 games. Finished 21st in points per game, 23.5. Finished 15th in yards per game with 370. That's actually kind of impressive in itself, considering the level of QB that this team uh, had to work with. Finishing 15th in yards per game shows how good of an offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan is and how he's able to still stay slightly competitive with subpar QB play. Um, Example B, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, So defense, uh, 17th in points per game last year, 24.4, fifth in yards per game. So still a good defensive unit, um, but in turnover margin, they finished minus 11, which was second worst in the league. Uh, Again, bad QB play. I think they had over 30 turnovers last year. So anytime you're doing that, you're just shooting yourself in the foot way too much. A defense can be a top five unit in yards per game, but still finish bottom half of the league in points if you're minus 11 in turnover margin. This defense also last year, uh, first year without defensive tackle DeForest Buckner after trading him to the Colts for a first round pick and uh, superstar defensive end Nick Bosa Uh, Missed his entire second year after winning Defensive Rookie of the Year two years ago. Had a um, preseason injury, or maybe it was week one or two of the season, but he missed almost a whole year last year with a lower body injury. So you're getting Bosa back. You know, you're getting um, some other pieces back. So, you know, we'll see if that defense can remain a top five unit and even maybe improve a bit this year. Uh, I guess speaking about the defense while we're going into coaching, 
little bit of hesitancy in that, um, you know, optimism for the defense to improve. Uh, they did lose defensive coordinator Robert Sala, uh, who's now the head coach of the Jets. He was the first uh, head coach to get hired this offseason. People around the league talking really highly of him. Uh, so he's being replaced by uh, de- new defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans for this 49ers team. D'Amico Ryans, probably a name a lot of you guys recognize. Uh, played in the NFL from 2006 to 2015 with the Houston Texans and Philadelphia Eagles. He was 2006 Defensive Rookie of the Year and a two-time Pro Bowler. So really good middle linebacker. I loved him in Philly. Uh, When we traded for him, I was through the roof. We finally got a linebacker that we've been missing since Jeremiah Trotter had retired. You know, a real captain of that defense. He's a great leader. Um, So... Definitely, you know, a strong character guy. He's been coaching in the NFL for five years, all with the 49ers. He's a defensive quality coach or quality um, assistant, quality control assistant uh, his first year. And then the last four years, excuse me, guys, he was an inside linebackers coach. And he's getting a lot of credit for the development of Fred Warner, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL I think he's the second paid linebacker in the NFL behind Darius Leonard. They both got paid this offseason well-deservedly. Fred Warner's been a total stud for that defense. And D'Amico Ryans has been working really closely with him since he was drafted. Uh, so I think that's part of you know the reason for the promotion here. So that's the coaching breakdown. <clears throat> you know, we'll see how D'Amico does. Anytime you have a first-year defensive coordinator, it's a bit concerning. So I guess that's reason for, um, you know, some question marks on the defensive side of the ball here. But we know the offense is going to be consistent. Uh, quarterback shouldn't be an issue this year because if Jimmy G gets hurt, Trey Lance is there. And obviously millions and millions of, uh, you know, times better than Nick Mullins. <clears throat> so speaking of Nick Mullins, we're going to get into the key losses this offseason in free agency. And how are they going to replace Nick Mullins? Oh, man, this franchise is going to be lost without him. Yeah, no, both backup QBs are gone. Nick Mullins is in Philly stinking it up in the preseason. And uh, C.J. Beathard's also gone. I didn't even look into where he went. Um, As far as other guys that departed this offseason, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne signed with the Patriots. Defensive end Kerry Hyder to the Seahawks. uh, Cornerback Akilah Witherspoon. I think to the Seahawks also uh, defensive end Solomon Thomas, former top three overall pick did not do much in San Francisco. He's gone a couple of running backs to wrap it up. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon are both out of this building. Um, they did bring in a running back in the draft and they've got a lot of guys still on the roster with Raheem Moster. And I think Jeff Wilson jr. Is still there. So plenty of running backs still. Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, both kind of just a guy at this point in their career. Key additions in the offseason. A lot of names, not many big names. So we're going to go through these quickly. Veteran center Alex Mack coming in. That's, uh, you know, he's like 38 years old, but he's still still playing at a high level at center. Veteran, uh, really good center for the Falcons and Browns. Outside linebacker Samson Ibukum. Uh, Ibukam uh, came over from the Rams, made some splash plays there, should have a bigger role in this defense. Good linebacking core between Ibukam and uh, Fred Warner. Um, Outside linebacker Michael Kendricks is on this team. He avoided jail time with his insider trading scandal. 
Uh, you can Google that if you want. Uh, really underrated player during his time in Philly. Played in Philly for like seven or eight years. Was a second round pick. Really big contributions to that Super Bowl run and the years uh, building to that. Um, but hasn't done shit since he left Philly. Been on like two, three teams since then. And it's just kind of floating around. Uh, like I said, almost went to jail for insider trading last year. Uh, wide receiver Mohamed Sanu is technically the third receiver on this depth chart, but he looks like he's coming to the end of his career. Um, tight end Mike Cole Pruitt. Uh, it's not Michael, it's Mike Cole. So um, he's the second string tight end. Outside linebacker Shalit Calhoun. Defensive tackle Maurice Hurst. Defensive end Arden Key. All brought in here. Outside linebacker Nate Gary from the Eagles. Um, QB Nate Sudfeld from the Eagles, tight end Joshua Perkins from the Eagles. These were all backups except for Nate Gary. He was a starter. He just played like a backup. So none of these guys are really going to be big contributors here. But Nate Sudfeld is the third string QB. And Sudfeld's better than Mullins. He's already shown that this uh, preseason. So that's an upgrade at third string QB if you want to get super deep into this depth chart. So not a lot of big signings there, right? But the issue with this team was not necessarily the the roster. It was injuries with, you know, whenever you lose your best defender and your quarterback, it's tough sledding. They had other injuries too. The O-line was beat up. Um, number of starters on defense, you know, it was not easy for this team last year. Uh, Richard Sherman's also gone. Um I don't know how I missed that. That one kind of slipped through the cracks. Uh, I think it's just because he's still a free agent, so he's not showing up on the, on the website that I used to research the um, the free agency acquisitions. But Richard Sherman's no longer on this defense. Uh, the corners right now are Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley. And I don't know much about Mosley. I know Verrett's a guy that has shown flashes throughout his career, but hasn't been super consistent. He was, I think a second round pick out of TCU to the chargers a few years ago. He's a guy with potential, but they're pretty raw at corner. It's that's definitely a question mark on this defense. So yeah, um, strength of this defense, definitely the defensive line, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and uh, first round pick from last year, Javon Kinlaw was drafted to replace DeForest Buckner. So that's just a little rundown there. It's called the Ramble for a reason. They re-signed a handful of guys. The most substantial is uh, starting left tackle Trent Williams. They call him the silverback because the man looks like the human embodiment of a gorilla. Um, I mean that as a total compliment. That's that, that's that's not an insult by any means. That's what you need from your left tackle. Um, defensive tackle DJ Jones is also a starter on that D line. He got re-signed cornerback Kawan Williams penciled in as the third corner on the depth chart. He got re-signed, uh, free safety Jaquiski Tart. Um, he's their starting, actually he's a strong safety, not a free safety. Uh, but he's their starting strong safety, uh, next to Jimmy Ward, who's a pretty good safety tandem. And then some depth guys, offensive guard, Tom Compton and cornerback Dante Johnson also got re-signed. So not many big names there outside of Trent Williams. And then we'll talk about the draft. This is a this is the headline, I guess, of the episode. Round one, they traded all the way up to top three for Trey Lance. 
Uh, everybody thought it was going to be Mac Jones, except for me, not trying to brag here, but I did have Trey Lance at plus 200 uh, to be the third overall pick to the 49ers. I bet that a few days before the draft. And uh, so when Trey Lance did get drafted there, I was pretty through the roof there, made a decent chunk of change, doubling my investment on the plus 200 draft prop. Had a really good draft, really good. Made a lot of money on the draft this year. That's one of my favorite things to bet for the entire season. Um, So Trey Lance, uh, really explosive athlete, played at North Dakota State, same school as Carson Wentz. So this is the second NFL QB they've put out in the last five years uh super athletic like i said um this is a guy that people are talking about having a uh, thousand yard rushing potential only played one year of collegiate football i think he sat out last off season or last season um due to covid i believe i'm not 100% on that but that's i i'm i'm pretty sure uh but he's a guy that is expected to replace jimmy garoppolo eventually as the franchise quarterback i think uh, Kyle Shanahan, this is kind of similar to the Jared Goff situation in the Rams where Shanahan's not really in love with Jimmy G at this point. Um, I think if Jimmy G had been able to stay healthy the last three years, we might be looking at a different narrative. But also Jimmy G, I'm not overwhelmed with him as a quarterback. I think he's a little bit better than Jared Goff in a sense that he doesn't make as many boneheaded decisions and tur- and turnovers like his low lights aren't as bad but i view it similarly to the fact that these are two of the more talented rosters and coaching staffs in the nfl but they just don't have that superior quarterback play to put them over the hump as the super bowl contenders uh they've made super bowls in the past years but coming up short and i think a lot of it's due to the quarterback play so trey lance represents a major upgrade over the long term that being said, um, the reason that I was so high on Trey Lance being drafted on this by this 49ers team specifically was because it reminds me a lot of the Pat Mahomes situation from Kansas City, where this, to me, is Jimmy Garoppolo's team this entire season. I think Trey Lance sits the entire year, and not that many teams do that anymore. I think that's kind of a hot take. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about how Trey Lance could be a fantasy value at the end of this season. And I'm just not in on it. I don't really see a point where this 49ers team is that pathetically bad, where they have to make a quarterback switch. Um, We are about to get into the strength of schedule, so I guess I'll just talk about it now while we're talking about Trey Lance. They have the 19th um, strength of schedule. And uh, like I said, they benefit really from finishing last in the division last year. They start out with the Lions and Eagles. That's 2-0. Okay, then they get a couple of tough games, Packers, Seahawks, uh, Cardinals, Colts, Bears, Cardinals again, Rams, and then the Jags. So in my opinion, this team is going to be good enough where Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be benched uh, at any point. If it does happen, I think it's because they go through a rough patch. Let's say they lose to the Packers, you know, these games with the division, Seahawks, Cardinals. Rams, those could always go either way. So they lose a couple of those. They don't look good against the Colts or Bears. And then this team wants to say, okay, it's November. It's the third week of November, and we've got like a 500 or below record. We're not playing how we wanted. So let's uh, let's put Trey Lance in against the Jags this week. And that's where they make the transition. But I don't think that happens. So I really think that Jimmy Garoppolo plays the entire year like Alex Smith did. And they sit Trey Lance and they they uh, 
develop him because like I, like I was alluding to, that's why I wanted to take that bet. I think out of all the QBs in this draft class, it makes the most sense for Trey Lance to sit a year. Uh, I'm told that he's kind of the most raw. He only played one year of college at a lower level, super athletic upside, but a guy that could really benefit from sitting and learning and um, studying Shanahan's system and getting uh, some vent uh, veteran, you know, mentoring from Jimmy G if Jimmy G's, you know, willing to not be a dick about it and kind of coach the kid up. So I fully expect Trey Lance to sit this entire year and then uh, take over next year. They'll trade Jimmy G or they'll cut him. And it'll be clear by April that this is Trey Lance's team next year, similar to Pat Mahomes. And then get get ready because this kid might explode. He's got superstar upside. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan traded all the way up to hand select this guy when he could have had Mac Jones, he could have had Justin Fields. Um, it shows a lot, in my opinion. So enough about Trey Lance. I'm going to finish the draft recap quickly. Uh, round two, uh, pick 48, offensive guard Aaron Banks. He's the right guard starter on the depth chart. Round three, running back Trey Sermon. I will save his conversation for the fantasy uh, talk. And um, round three, also cornerback Ambry Thomas. So I just talked about strength of schedule, 19th. They get a lot of winnable games here. The division is difficult, but I expect this team to be good enough to be able to handle their games against those divisional opponents. Um, I talked about how high I am on the Rams yesterday, but this is a 49ers team that is capable of beating that Rams team if they played to the, their, their standard. So I'm not ruling any automatic losses really for this team. I do think they're also capable of competing with the more difficult teams on the schedule that I mentioned, you know, the Packers, um, the Titans, uh, the Packers, Titans, Rams, Seahawks, are really the toughest teams that they have. And then they have a bunch of shit teams, Lions, Eagles, Bears might not be that good. Jags, Bengals, Falcons, Texans. Those are all shit teams. So uh, we're looking at the, the props for this team. Win total over under 10. And I like the over for this team. Over is minus 170. The odds aren't great. But I do feel pretty confident given the week schedule, the amount of talent on this roster. I love their young playmakers on offense. Uh, the defense, like I said, if they get Nick Bosa back. And, uh, you know, the secondary is able to hold it together. I think it's a pretty solid team here. The turnover margin's definitely not going to be minus 11 this year. So all of that shows a lot of potential for positive regression for this team. The over, over 10 wins is minus 170. Unders plus 140. I think there's potential for this team to finish either first or second in the division. I told you guys I'm leaning Rams for the division, but it wouldn't surprise me if this team is in the playoffs competing for the division. They have the same divisional odds as the Rams, plus 150. Their conference odds are plus 600, and their Super Bowl, Super Bowl odds are plus 1150. Now, I don't expect this team to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they take that step forward until Trey Lance is established as a super superstar in this league. Uh, like I said, I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy to get them there. They could have won the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, but Jimmy Garoppolo made some bad throws in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, potential closeout plays for that, that game. 
where he just didn't execute. He's got one very infamous overthrow on a wide open deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders that probably would have won them the Super Bowl, but he sailed it over his head by five yards. So I'm not probably going to have a Super Bowl or a conference bet. And I told you guys I lean the Rams. But if you like this 49ers team more than the Rams, it's not a bad bet to take them at plus 150. I definitely think it's between those two. I don't see Seattle or Arizona winning this division. So pick what you want. Odds are uh, playoffs, yes, minus 200, no, plus 160. Definitely like them to make the playoffs. I think this can be a top five team in the NFC. And uh, – just not going to bet it minus 200. If I'm betting anything for the, the um, futures here, guys, it's over 10 minus 170. Minus 170 is not great, like I said, but I'm comfortable with it with this, with the week schedule. Quick sip, quick sip, and we're going to do fantasy. Okay. Uh, I love this team from a fantasy perspective because to me, it's very predictable who the fantasy values are in this offense. They don't really, they, they have like three or four main guys that they spread it around to, but that's, that's fine. It's, it's the offenses um, that we talk about where they have like six, seven, eight guys that I have to go through where it's going to be tough. You know, I talked about too many cooks in the kitchen for the Cardinals yesterday, cluttered backfield, and cluttered receiving room and an ambiguous tight end. So kind of a messy situation there. This 49ers team, I think it's pretty clear who's going to have the value. You're not drafting Jimmy G in fantasy. Um, Trey Lance is actually being drafted in the 12th, 13th round in a lot of standard drafts, and I hate that. I told you guys I don't expect him to play more than one game this year. If San Fran has um, a playoff spot locked up, at week 18 of the season and they want to get Trey Lance a start. Totally cool with it. That's exactly what Kansas city did with Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes started week 17 of his rookie year. Cause the chiefs already clinched the division and they were resting Alex Smith. Perfect situation. Other than that, I don't think Trey Lance has any sort of value this year. And I think even if you do draft him, What's the best case scenario? You wait six or seven weeks until Jimmy Garoppolo gets replaced. Why waste the roster spot? We'll talk about the running backs here. All right, guys, this is Raheem Mostert's last year as a starting running back in the NFL. I don't think he makes it through the entire season. This is a, uh, a team that's had a lot of success at the running back position, regardless of who's put in there. Has Raheem Mostert played well? for this team and been a super uh, relevant fantasy player the last two years? Absolutely. Uh, guys, a uh, pretty talented runner, but at the end of the day, like I said, you can get almost any running back to produce in this offense. It's just how they're built and how good Shanahan is at getting his running backs into uh, positive situations, open field. Uh, the, the One of the best running schemes in the league with this team. So, uh, they drafted a rookie running back in the third round, Trey Sermon out of Oklahoma. I was watching this guy's highlights the other day. I was impressed. I think Trey Sermon's the starting running back for this team by the end of the season. It's just a matter of how long does it take. It's kind of a sloppy situation for fantasy because uh, I I don't think – I, I think Javante Williams has better chances of replacing Melvin Gordon sooner rather than later than – Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert does. I don't think Mostert's necessarily done, 
um, talent wise where Gordon, I think is coming to the point of potentially being washed up pretty soon. Um, but Moster is a guy that does not have a major commitment from this front office. He doesn't have a lot of money on his contract. They have not given him the extension that he's been asking for the last two years. And he's an undrafted free agent. That's been a journeyman running back. He's peaked here in San Francisco and made a a much better career for himself than really 90% of anyone expected for him. But Trey Sermon was drafted in the third round to replace Raheem Mostert this year. And I think it happens. Mostert's going around seventh round in your fantasy draft, which is pretty good value for a starting running back. But I'm probably still not taking him because I'm a Sermon guy this year. Trey Sermon going about a full round later in fantasy drafts around the eighth or so. I think his ADP will probably go up over the next couple of weeks, but um, a guy that looked capable in preseason already, his college highlights at Oklahoma were really, really impressive. Great contact balance, uh, fast ability to change direction, but ability to run through guys at the same time. Um, So an exciting player to look into this year as a potential breakout rookie running back, Trey Sermon. The receivers, like I said, uh, this is an offense where you're going to be able to predict the passing volume very easily. Brandon Ayuk's going in the sixth round. Debo Samuel's going in the eighth round. George Kittle's going in the third round. And nobody else is going to be commanding targets. Their third receiver on the depth chart right now is Mohamed Sanu. Not a guy I'm worried about at all for fantasy. Between the two receivers, I like taking my shot on Ayuk more than Debo this year. I'm comfortable with taking Ayuk in the sixth, maybe early seventh, if you can grab him there. This is usually a pretty good spot in the draft to target second-year receivers going into a potential breakout. It's around the same place that guys like Jerry Judy and Chase Claypool are going in your drafts. I think I'm taking Judy over Ayuk, but I wouldn't blame you if you take Ayuk over Judy. Uh, taking both those guys over Claypool, but Ayuk's a guy that's shown really explosive ability. I think this is an offense that might throw the most wide receiver screens in the league. They also do a lot with these two receivers in the running game, getting them uh, involved on end arounds and, you know, you know, creative running concepts, especially with Debo Samuel. He's usually good for like two carries a game. Debo's a guy I really think is super talented too. Ayuk drafted first round last year. Debo drafted second round two years ago. Um, these are two really good young receivers. I love the potential for this offense um, once they have Trey Lance in here next year to grow together with these young receivers and really turn into a fucking uh, pretty dominant offensive unit. Um, Debo has not been able to stay healthy throughout the majority of his first few years in the NFL. So that's, the main reason why I trust Ayuk more. I think if Debo was able to stay healthy, maybe this team doesn't spend a first-round pick on Brandon Ayuk last year. But given the recent investment in the draft capital at the at the receiver position, I think they're more, you know, looking to have Brandon Ayuk be a guy that's getting more targets, more volume. Um, and then Debo will be a very, you know, complimentary, very solid number two if he can stay healthy. So that's kind of how I look at it. I like both these guys a lot from a talent and opportunity standpoint. George Kittle's the last guy we'll talk about going in the third round of your fantasy drafts. He's pretty much locked in top three tight end. Didn't stay healthy last year. That was another issue for this 49ers team. Whenever your best offensive player goes down, it's not going to be good. Uh, But if Kittle's healthy, um, which I don't expect him to be injury prone, he's one of the more freakish physical specimens in the NFL, then I think you're fine with Kittle. He should have a ton of volume. 
Um, I think I like Waller more this year. Kittle's probably my third tight end because I do expect um, the combination of Ayuk and Samuel to uh, take more targets away from Kittle than the hodgepodge of receivers in Las Vegas would take away from Waller. So I guess that's where I'm at. But if you like spending a third round pick to secure your tight end position and get a secured stud, there's no reason not to take Kittle this year. I'm not worried about the injury at all. He's also the best blocking tight end in the NFL, so he doesn't come off the field. If you guys want to watch some fun shit on YouTube, just watch George Kittle blocking highlights and watch him run dudes over. Guy's a freak. Uh, He's the closest thing to Gronk, prime Gronk, that we have in the NFL right now. Much more of a physical specimen than Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, in my opinion. Guy is absolutely jacked and super athletic. Likes to stiff arm fucking guys. So I could talk about Kittle, you know, for another half hour if you guys want. But I'm I'm getting a little sick of talking today. I just did two episodes back to back. I'm probably going to wrap this shit up. So that is the NFC West. We got two more division, guys. Two more. Um, we are going to be doing the AFC South and the NFC South to finish this shit. So next episode is going to be on the Tennessee Titans. Get ready for about 45 minutes of Derrick Henry talk. Um, AJ Brown, also one of my favorite players in the league. So that'll be a fun episode. I like that Titans team a lot. So we'll get into that tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening again and ramble on.